Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a talk about the raid launch time for Season of Opulence, and I'm not a fan of it, and going to talk about why. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Come on in, hang out with us, and have fun. If I'm not live, you can click the follow button on my Twitch channel, and if you're watching this on YouTube, you can click the subscribe and the like button. That's a free way to support me. So... Why am I not happy about the raid launch time? If you're unaware of what's going on, for Season of Opulence, it is going live on Tuesday, June the 4th at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's typically the normal time, you know, 10 a.m. Pacific goes live at reset time. And then six hours later, the raid goes live. Uh, Crown of Sorrows is what it's called. And I'm going to read to you their line of thinking. I'm going to read to you like basically what they put in the TWAB to give you an insight into what they're thinking and what they're saying. I'm going to talk about the truth. Uh, I don't think we're getting the actual honest-to-goodness reasoning here. I believe there's other things at play. There's other things motivating this decision. And then lastly, I want to say don't be fooled. Let's not be fooled on how raids are being used and utilized. So first we're going to talk about what are they doing uh, and second, we're going to talk about the truth. Why are they actually doing it? And then lastly, we're going to say, don't be fooled. Um, so let's go through their reasoning. Let me read to you what they put. Okay. This, so this is from the dev team. This is in this week at Bungie. This is in the blog post on Bungie.net. The dev team says the world's first race for a raid is a competitive event. The raid is a challenge geared toward testing a t- fire team's ability to learn and execute on the mechanics, as well as their ability to overcome enemies and bosses together. Having a short window of time between release and launch allows us to preserve the combat challenge for players, making their attempt on day one and get people playing the raid content right away. That statement just... I, I completely disagree with that statement. There's just That's not preserving the combat challenge it's rushed and I don't understand why they would even try and argue that it preserves the combat challenge now crown of sorrow uh, goes live June 4th at 4 p.m. Pacific time that's 7 p.m. Eastern time that's six hours after reset and the new season starts that gives you six hours to level recommended power for first encounter is 715 now you have to understand something Going up 15 power level in 6 hours is unlikely, but there's obviously people doing plans and different things to try to navigate it, okay? Now, they say, with this race, there will be a few minor changes to the current investment systems to ensure an even playing field while players are increasing their power for launch. So, again, the idea that they're they're ensuring... Uh, an even playing field, I I think, is laughable, given the terrible leveling system, but let's press on here. Last Witch and Scourge of the Past will be unavailable until Crown of Sorrow has been beaten. This prevents players with stashes of Ethereal Keys from having a leg up in the race. Prime Attunements will be reset to two charges per character on day one. Uh, While characters build Prime Attunement charges over time, they are being set to two per character upon logging in after the new season begins. At level 50, characters can earn Prime Ingrams after signing in and playing during Season of Opulence. Players can continue to build Prime Attunements over time after the reset occurs. As a reminder, any powerful bounties acquired prior to Season of Opulence will have a power cap of 700. For additional information, see the Cleaning House section of the article. 
Uh, if you're the type to take off the work day to celebrate the start of the new season, get the request in now. We're officially four weeks away from Season of Opulence. This is outdated, so we're not four weeks away when you guys hear this recorded. Now, this is being recorded on May 21st, so keep in mind, if Bungie does another update and talks about Delta scaling or how we're going to go into the raid and all be even, there's been some rumors that they're going to handle the Delta scaling and everybody's power in a different way this time around. Um, so uh, we'll have to wait and see if they make an announcement about that, okay? Here's the thing. I don't buy it. I think a bu- I think everything they put in that blog post is a bunch of freaking hogwash because the, the leveling is still garbage and terrible and RNG is still going to screw people and there's already people prepping and saving and navigating. There's spreadsheets. There's ways that you're going to be able to basically jumpstart your leveling that unless you're like paying attention to all those things you're not going to be able to do it it's not going to be an even race it's not going to be an even playing field nobody's going in day one with the exact same you know level with the exact same system because the leveling is still absolute garbage but we'll have to wait and see if they update us in the twab so let's just talk about the truth here okay the truth first folks are already creating plans to navigate around your paltry attempts to keep people from being over leveled you haven't the only time they pulled this off was was last wish okay and i believe last wish had its delta raise at the last minute because there were people doing prime ingram farming and there were people that got higher than anticipated so i don't think bungie has pulled this off yet every time they try to slow us down every time they try to keep people from being over leveled they fail since wrath of the machine and then it happened i think i believe it happened in last wish and they raised delta and then with scourge they haven't pulled this off yet people are already making plans to navigate around and have ways to boost themselves moment one so they're going to have you know hours of grind that's going to take place in a matter of 15 minutes because they're saving bounties now they're not saving powerful bounties they're saving bounties to get ikora dreaming city infamy rollovers crucible rollovers and things like that because everything resets so those bounties are going to have pretty good payouts moment one for rolling those over second this is just a way to mask or gloss over bad leveling okay they don't want to have this is this is my this is my personal theory and opinion i don't think they want to have another week and a half of streamers and youtubers clipping moments of frustration in bad rng reddit had the same thing going on right they they were there were people clipping and putting up footage of them getting terrible drops, the worst possible drop you could get. They didn't want another week and a half of that narrative settling in, of people being like, this leveling is terrible, RNG's a joke, I'm not going to be powerful enough, I'm going to be weak, it's not going to be a fair race. So now they're, they're, they're glossing over that. They got a, you got a six-hour insane window of people trying to blitz, you know, different, different bounties and other things to try to get to try to get the their power level as as high as they possibly can okay third i believe that ea play and e3 are also playing a part in this equation okay e3 is the following week ea play is the same week so ea play starts on like the sixth which is two days after there will be content creators traveling for that there will be people gearing up for that bungie will be gearing up for e3 more than likely in the same time window because e3 is the following week they'll be at e3 content creators are going to e3 keep in mind okay keep in mind raids are now marketing mechanics when they promoted scourge of the past they did not promote scourge of the past as a raid for you to come play they promoted scourge of the past as a raid for you to come watch I don't have a problem with that. It's a community event. People like watching the raid. I think it's interesting that they screwed an entire region, you know, the UK region, I guess midnight or whatever the time is for them. 
participating both in playing and grinding as well as watching they get pretty screwed by the timing here so I get it it's a marketing mechanic I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong but let's call a spade a spade okay don't be fooled is the last section here this has nothing to do with the community this change this schedule has nothing to do with the community this is not for the community this is for Bungie okay this is not for you don't be fooled they don't th- this decision doesn't give a rip about you this is about the marketing mechanic of a raid being squeezed as quickly as possible before they go to E3 and probably start talking about the next annual pass the next thing okay they're also again I believe trying to gloss over the terrible leveling they don't want another bad narrative going into opulence of people being frustrated by terrible leveling during their raid prep because raid prep's not going to be happening for a week and a half now it's going to take place over six hours UK's re, you know re, UK regions getting kind of screwed raids are marketing tools right this is about you watching the raid this is not about the community participating this is not about it being a level playing field this is not about it being open to the entire public because not everybody is even going to know about all these navigating ways of boosting their power and saving bounties and spreadsheets that are being built by the community this is not an open playing field an open playing field a fair playing field would be this streamlined leveling that makes sense a week and a half prep time like normal and a global cap to keep people from going in and being over leveled that would be a level playing field that would be open to the entire public instead of a small sampling of teams every time that we watch go head to head there are more than likely teams that would get worlds first teams that would get past certain obstacles or past certain things quicker that aren't streaming that aren't well-known teams but they don't get a chance because rng might screw them timing might screw them they might not have enough people even aware of all the the, the manipulative ways you can navigate getting above deltas and matching deltas through bounty saving and other things that have happened in the past hopefully week one day one has more stuff for everyone else more than likely the new six-man activity is going to be locked until this is beat along with the other raids being locked until this is beat once this is completed those things are probably going to unlock so you've got to make sure that that's 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 a lingering concern as well what about the rest of the community day one is day one of season of opulence basically about what 10 teams racing on twitch or is it about the community getting new content for the new season i hope they were considerate about that so we're going to transition out of Q&A. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching their episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the new raid launch window. Wasn't too happy about it. Talked about why I don't think it's actually good for the community. Uh, and we're going to be going through some questions now. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, click the follow button on the Twitch channel or click subscribe and like on the YouTube channel. That's another free and easy way to support me. So let's jump in to the questions. First question coming in from Ja Bahaba says, what do you think Bungie will address at E3? I think E3 is part of the equation here. I think they're wanting to get the first week out of the way, get the raid done, squeeze the life out of the raid. You know, you get that, you get the marketing hype out of the raid. You, you, you go through probably the, you know, the new activity and new things going on. Zer might even have something new that first week. And then they're going to basically conclude that week by saying, Hey, uh, thanks so much. 
Hope you guys are enjoying Season of Opulence. While you're enjoying Season of Opulence, we look forward to talking to you at E3 about what's coming next or what's coming after uh, Season of Opulence. That's kind of where I'm landing on it. Um, I think that's how they're going to handle it. They're going to say, you know, they're, they're, the E3 will be used to promote the next thing. It's, it's a captive audience. They're going to do everything they can with that first week of Opulence to make everybody really, really happy. Um, which again, I think the leveling is playing a part. They don't want that negative narrative to get traction. So they're, you know, they're, they're wanting to get the raid in and out of the way, you know, get it done, get it out of the way. So people aren't, you know, fussing and complaining about leveling. Cause you know, I will be, <laughs> and then you can move the dialogue to more positive things. What's next, you know, what's on the docket, you know, what's happening in the next annual pass, etc. So that's what I think they're going to do. Lord of Time, do you think the new raid is the only new content in, in day one? I, I kind of ended my talk saying I certainly hope not. I, I hope they've got other things planned for the community that aren't just, you know, all, just the raid day one. You know, if you're not wanting to grind and, and put go through the meat grinder of the six hours, and then think about this. After the six-hour grind, then you got to jump into a raid. You know, so that's, that's almost like the precursor to the raid itself, right? Precursor to the raid itself is actually grinding, you know, milestones and turning in things that people have saved up and things of that nature. So it's going to be, I mean, that you almost have to tack that on to the front of the raid to a certain extent. Um, so I would imagine that they're, they're going to have to think through that because not everybody's going to want to do that. Not everybody's going to want to, you know, grind. But again, I've made the prediction that the new, the new, you know, six man activity is going to be locked until the you you know the raid is beat, uh, and if that's the case, then I would think people will be pretty unhappy about that. Because if you have to wait until seven p.m. Eastern for the raid to unlock, and it takes I'm guessing anywhere from three to five hours to be beaten, probably on the it, it, you know if if people go in over leveled. Uh, it'll probably be on the low end, closer to three hours. If the 715 Delta and they treat people fairly and evenly and everybody goes in and it's kind of tough because of the Delta, then I would think maybe, you know, four to five hours would be the, the completion time window. That That's irritating. That basically means the entire first day there's nothing for you. You know, there's nothing for you. You're like, well, they're not going to beat the raid until close to, you know, midnight Eastern time. Um, guess there's nothing for me. You know, so what if it takes if it takes four hours and it's a six hour window before it even comes out, then that's a 10 hour window before you can even do the new activity if that's in fact how they do it. So I'm just kind of curious you know what their plan is with respect to with respect to that because I would think they don't want to repeat what they did with season of the forge and even you know even reckoning I mean once we kind of saw reckoning for what it was, the biggest problem with reckoning was that you you the, the the beginning stuff was trivialized you know the beginning stuff was trivialized and because of that those armor grinds just kind of became almost like an insult it's like you, you you don't even need tier 1 tier 2 armor if you're going to be going for armor sets in reckoning for gambit prime um so i don't know if they're going to want to re re Re, retread that ground of people being irritated and frustrated about not being able to go into stuff not having anything to do uh, they went through that with Black Armory and they kind of went through it again with Drifter to a certain degree so Ben Fitzy Gaming with 4 months you'd welcome back thank you 
Uh, next question from Creo says, Do you think the set Delta is the best option for the race? I only have three hours to level when I get off work and I participated in every race. Uh, this day seemed kind of the... Uh, to this day, it kind of seems unfair with them playing the playing field being unfair. Well, again, we've, we've heard a rumor that they're going to... You know, we heard a rumor they're going to be doing like a, a a standardized delta for everybody that remains to be seen um i don't know if that's actually going to happen that was a rumor that i heard from a little birdie um so we'll see i think it's probably more likely that they because if the first encounter is seven fifteen, it doesn't matter how you, if you treat everybody universally what happens after the first encounter because if it goes seven fifteen. All right, 715, 720, 725, 730. You're just you're not going to level up fast enough. It's going to be like last wish. The primary the primary pain point for people is going to be delta. It's going to be the fact that we're weak and the enemy feels strong. So, I would think that if if even if they standardize the delta so it's fair from jump street, that at least to me, that at least makes me satisfied that like, okay, nobody's going to have a Delta advantage, so I'll applaud that decision, but that's not going to make me overlook the fact that they launched it in a way that's not good for the community, but good for them. Um, I'm not going to overlook that just because they do something good with Delta enforcement. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think you, you don't win a lot of points with me when you have a terrible launch date that's not friendly to the community, that's not that's that's completely out of bounds with the last, you know, five years of raid launches, you're not winning points with me just because you have a properly enforced delta. So there's no level advantages based off of RNG, um, which that's that's primarily the problem, right? Is people get leveling advantages, and those leveling advantages come from RNG. If you get better RNG than me, you go in stronger, and you didn't contribute anything to that. Uh, so, what's Delta enforcement? Basically, the rumor is that we're all going to be viewed and treated the same. So, even if you manage to save a bunch of stuff and get really good RNG, and let's say you get to 720, it's not going to treat you like you're 720. Again, this is rumor. I don't think the rumor's true, by the way. I don't think Bungie has the internal you know, delta scaling sophistication to pull that off. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. Um, I would love to be wrong. So at the very least, the team that wins doesn't come away with a with a with a, a victory that's like, yeah, well, I mean, your team was had a higher delta than the teams you beat. So I guess congratulations, you had an advantage. You know what I'm saying? Um, I would I would at least we'd be able to say, hey, you know, there was no delta advantage. Uh, but I I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna be able to do it. JD Gamer, do you think the PC gets an advantage to raids compared to PS4 and Xbox? I mean, load times are obviously uh, an issue. I don't know how they're going to handle that. I know PS4 load times are atrociously bad. Anytime there's an update, anytime there's a patch, you guys go through the absolute ringer. Uh, If it takes you 30 minutes to an hour to get all that, you know, to get everything kind of downloaded and updated, uh, that's significant. Um... That you know, that's a significant disadvantage. That's a significant slow, uh, slow down to your progress and your you know your leveling. Um, so I would think that would pose a problem for the race. Uh, you know, world's first on PC and then world's first on the other platforms. I guess world's first on PS4. Like whatever team can get everybody to download the freaking update uh, <laughs> would be uh, would be part of the problem there. So. 
Psychotic Goldfish. What is the possibility that Bungie will change the progression system so that bounties are slot-specific season of opulence in order to quell dissatisfaction from the community? They're not doing it. I, if they're if they're changing the leveling, okay, then they're going to talk about that this week. And I, I would have thought that, I, honestly, I think they would have talked about it earlier than now. If they had plans to change the leveling, they would have talked about it before now, I would think. They, I, waiting this long, it's possible that they threw out the launch date, they threw out the, the nerfs, and now they're going to come in with a bunch of good news. That is possible that they're holding stuff in their pocket. They're like, well... We kind of made everybody irritated. We knew the launch date thing wasn't going to go over that well with everybody, but it's kind of necessary because of E3 and other things going on. Um, and because of that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna save some of the good news in our pocket, whether it's buffs, leveling changes, enhancement course, whatever. I, again, I'm not gonna hold my breath. I, they don't they don't have the best tracker rate record right now with not being really tone deaf. Um, so I'm not going to hold my breath. I'm not going to think that they're going to actually make big, significant changes for opulence to leveling, uh, enhancement cores, and everything else. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I'm not going to put that. Now I will say I anticipate a good a good blog post that maybe talks about buffs and good changes to other items or subclasses or something. I could see that. I could see them. I could see them doing that. But I can't see them restructuring leveling, especially not after they kind of double down on enhancement cores in the TWAB. It could be because of plans they have for September and they need those things in place. They don't want to undo those things. That could be part of the equation. You know. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things at play that could be motivating them to to keep things going the way that they are. But I don't. I don't know. I, it's so it's so stubborn. It's just it's so stubborn to not fix enhancement cores and leveling. Envy, do you think that Nocris will be a raid boss in the upcoming raid? I think you said you think they're going to go to the Dreadnought, either Nocris or Brood Queen. Um, let me think here. Season of Opulence is not going to be centered around anything Hive. I don't think. I think Season of Opulence and, and Crown of, of Sorrow is going to be centered around Leviathan and Callus. That doesn't mean that we won't have potentially, um, it doesn't mean we won't have potentially like Hive maybe in the raid or something, but I don't think we're going to go back to the Dreadnought until September. And I think when we go back to the Dreadnought, I think we're going to be fighting Savathun. I think we're going to be fighting Savathun. I think she's going to become the Taken Queen, uh, personally, um... So, uh, Floyd Hunter, why Bungie teasing the pyramid ships so much? We already know that they're coming. I mean, they know that people like to look forward. You know, there's this, it personally, it's probably just establishing the permanence of the franchise, the longevity of the franchise, the fact that it's not, we're not done, you know, could be why they're keeping the, the, the triangle ships around just to be like, there's more stuff coming. You know, it could be something as simple as that. Uh, are you done with the game after the recent nerf? Uh, no. Uh, big answer. For a proper level playing field, why not have the raid out, uh, week prior to the DLC release? Therefore, everybody's 700. You can set the encounters up 706, 712. Well, see, I mean, this would just, this would be, this would be, uh, a great, yeah, I, I, yeah. This is good. I never even considered this. I don't know if this would work, though. Again, 
their philosophy of the raids is to use them as marketing mechanics. It's it's a, it's a piece of marketing. So they could use it as a precursor to the new DLC to say, hey, come watch everybody raid race uh, as a great kickoff to the DLC that launches next week, um, especially if it launches on a Friday, because then it's in closer proximity uh, to the new DLC, which would be like, you know, the following Tuesday. Um, I don't know. I could get behind that, but then what do you do with the raid after the new content drops? Because if the raid stays at 700, that's problematic. You know, a week or two weeks later, everybody's above the Delta and the raid becomes a joke. So that, that would be the only problem with this. They could basically say, yeah, it's going to launch at 700, but then once Tuesday hits, the, you know, the, the power level is going to go up to the, you know, the 715 for the, for the initial uh, encounter. They maybe would be able to do that. Again, we're talking about pretty significant shifts in, in release dates and timing and stuff to do that. 24 months from DS... Uh, DC for the win. Thank you so much, dude. Republic City. What raid would you say has been the most fair of the race of Worlds First? I say Vog. Well, Vog, or I would even say King's Fall. I, I, I don't think anybody went in with an advantage over another team in King's Fall. King's Fall is probably still, to this day, the best Worlds First. Right? I, I think that was the best world's first. Wrath was a joke. People were overleveled. People people did exploits and manipulated leveling paths uh, to, to basically... I mean, people just absolutely ran over Wrath of the Machine. Wrath of the Machine is my favorite, but as far as a world's first race, I think King's Fall was the coolest because, I mean, it was just... Nobody had idea any any idea what to expect. Uh, there wasn't a damage race at the at the end because of the way that they set it up. It was an endurance. It was a more of an endurance race. Uh, you know, people were using just whatever they had because of the way they did the leveling. Um, King's Fall will probably always go down in history as being the best world's first uh, because of the way that it was achieved. There were now, not to my knowledge, there were no um, significant power level advantages or disparities between the teams going in. I don't think. Um, I could be wrong on that history point, but I, f- I don't know. I feel like it was different back then. I can't quite remember how the leveling was, but people were basically using whatever they had. People were using whatever they had. Um, and now it's like people go in and it's like they go into the raid and t- most of the time, the la- you know, since Wrath, I just feel like people go in and they have one advantage, they have an advantage over another team based purely off of RNG and the leveling. Um, so, that's the biggest issue with it. Leviathan, what will be your solution for the best release? Sorry if you talked about this. I basically said during the talk that if you streamline the leveling so that people have agency over their leveling by having the purples and the blues drop at your level and then you use milestones for the bigger jumps and in between milestones you round out your gear, right? In between you you round out your gear. Um, my thought on that is this. Uh, that would give people more control and more agency over their leveling so everybody would be at a similar power level but then you would do a global cap. So just in the event that someone has a little bit better luck than another person or slightly better drops than another person, we could all go to the same cap. And then that cap would basically be in line with what they thought, how the power structure and how the difficulty should work in the raid itself. Um, 
I don't know. That to me would be fair. Home Twitch with 21 months, welcome back. So nobody, nobody's going in. Nobody's going into the, the to the raid race with like a weird random advantage. We're all basically at the same exact cap, and then the raid is set up in relation to that cap. It, that that to me would be the way to do it. Because nobody could say, "Oh, that's not fair." You know, I didn't have time to play. Okay, that's a personal reason. There's a difference between saying, that's not fair, I didn't have enough time to play and get ready. Okay, but that that's that's on you, that's on your schedule. That's your life situation is not everybody else's life situation. So we don't get to, we don't have to share your burden of lack of time. But that's not what people end up saying right now. People are like, Yeah, I had bad drops. <laughs> right? You know, it's like I had bad drops. That's that's why I didn't get enough. I you know, I didn't level up, I didn't level up fast enough. I'm under the delta, you know, my team my team didn't get enough stuff to drop in the right places were too weak. Cuz I mean, you get to a certain point and it's just like you're seeing skulls and you're seeing swords. Your team beating it becomes more and more unlikely, you know, with every delta that goes up. Every time you go to another encounter, you know, your chances just can continue to diminish based based off of what, you know, your starting point when you go in. Um, so I think that, I think that would be the, the best way to do it would be to say global cap, everybody, everybody basically has the same starting point because of the global cap. Everybody has the fair shot to get to the global cap because you minimize RNG with a more sensible leveling system. Um, and that would fix a lot of the issues. I think, I mean, there's not going to be a perfect system because you're always going to have people that maybe they get a disconnect, maybe their connection's bad, you know, maybe somebody cut cable in their, you know, their neighborhood that weekend and a really good player doesn't get their grind or something like, you're always going to have situations like that, but that's not on Bungie, you know what I'm saying? Your personal life situation is not on the developer. What is on the developer is having a bad system in place, you know, where the, where you get left behind because of because of RNG or you you have an advantage because of RNG like that's on the developer so that that is that is where I draw a line of difference there is that there it, Bungie could control it and make it better and more streamlined and then add a global cap to where there's not this huge disparity between teammates. I mean, if you watch WTF Game Nation, the la- you know when they were grinding for Scourge, they were doing all the same milestones, all the same activities, sitting side by side, and there was a giant disparity between their level uh, going into Scourge. And I just, I don't know. That to me is problematic because that that affects that affects everything. That affects your damage output. That affects how much damage you take. There's a lot that goes into that. Uh, a lot. It's not just as simple as being like, well, you're a little bit stronger. I mean, you're, you're talking about everything being related to that, you know, survivability, all of it. All of it is tied to deltas and, and levels. So do you think D2 September release will be the same size as Forsaken? I don't think it's going to be the same size as Forsaken, but I think they're, if, they're, if they're smart, they're going to do everything they can to have it be as close as possible to the size of Forsaken. Um, because you don't want people to feel like September can't feel chintzy because we're just accustomed to those being big moments in the in in the game. Um, so I don't think it's going to be a comet-sized DLC. I think it's going to be a kickoff 
to the annual pass that's going to feel sizable in comparison to like Black Armory and Drifter and Opulence. Uh, should I prepare for my power level for day one raid then or not? That's up to you. If you want to follow the guide that we have with the raid prep command in chat, if you want to follow that guide and and try to be ready day one, that's up to you. The only thing you can't do is you can't save bounties that give you a powerful. That'll get capped. Um, so I would say if you think it's worth it, then do it. Follow, you know, use the next couple of weeks. Follow that follow that that guide that spreadsheet that we have and then you know prepare that's up to you not me uh thought it was free day one every destiny player and i have run out oh i'm a day one everyday destiny player and i've about run out do you think it's the death blow if there's nothing for the unwashed masses day one yeah, I mean that again. I, I touched on that. They're, they can't make that mistake again. They, especially when Luke Smith tells the community that, oh, well, we learned from Black Armory. We want to make sure people have stuff to do day one. Well, I don't think Drifter is exactly a feather in their cap. Like Season of the Drifter with Reckoning being the thing that you could do day one. Hindsight being 2020 for the community, I don't think people are looking back on Drifter and Reckoning and being like, man, what a good decision, Bungie. Reckoning was so good. I was so glad we could go in there day one since it kind of became known that tier one armor was literally and utterly freaking worthless. So having stuff to do day one, yeah, I don't know if Luke Smith's being cheeky by being like, oh, you want stuff to do day one? Yeah, here's the raid. Um, If that's their response to the community, I mean, you want to talk about being tone deaf. Yeah, people wanted stuff to do day one, so here's the raid. <laughs> like, that's not, no. That's not meeting the community um, where they are. Uh, so, I don't know if they'll have, like, mini campaign kickoff, bounty kickoff, um, cutscene with a couple of maybe just some daisy chain, you know, missions or something. Um, Vicarious Visions built this, uh, it being their swan song, and since they did Warmind, I, I would expect similar tone and gravitas to, to you know to Warmind they did an excellent job with Warmind um, so I would expect more of the same and hopefully that gives you something to do um, and if not then I think people will be right to complain and say this is this is this is stupid <laughs> like you know Crimson Link you think Bungie will drop a trailer uh, so as to curb the negativity due to the nerf backlash. I was anticipating a video today. Um, people did point out that last time they waited till the week before, but given the given the tone and the vibe in the community right now, I could see them dropping a video today, and then uh, this week's TWAB being really, really good, and jam-packed full of juicy details, or at least good news about buffs or something. And then next week, they could drop another video and another TWAB. You know, with good news. I, I don't know if they're going to let this right now the nerfs are hanging in the air okay the nerfs and the negativity is hanging in the air you got to correct that okay we went from we went from this like oh my gosh this moment of outbreak prime the the puzzle everybody celebrating all the videos were praising it saying how awesome it was what a good decision what a good event bungie yay 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 and then the very next couple of days the wind gets knocked out of the community sales with the you know the everything's getting nerfed blog post um videos go out on wednesdays they've done them on tuesdays before i thought 
uh, right around reset at least. Maybe not. So yeah, maybe tomorrow. Um, I would just think today would be good because people are going to wrap up the Outbreak Perfected Catalyst today. And then once that's done, late afternoon, they could drop a video. Um, so they could say, yeah, okay, now that you guys are done with that, um, here's something, here's something else to look forward to. So, do you think this could possibly be a longer race, uh, than needs because teams might have to back out and checkpoints to level rather than go to the encounter? Well, there's a whole nother element of things going on because people could have people, uh, people could have buddies on deck to be grinding outside the raid, um, getting level bumps to jump in, right? Because let's say, let's say first encounter, first encounter and second encounter, let's say that takes the lead team two hours, okay? Two hours. That's two drops over two hours. You could have a team outside the raid potentially netting more drops in those two hours and potentially being higher than the people that went in. And if they keep going, right, they keep going, they could also then use the information that's been deduced by the streaming community and say, okay, we're now higher, let's go run the first two encounters, get some drops, and then we'll tag in, and we'll be higher level. There's a, there's a handful of possibilities of strategy there that might get implemented by teams that have basically more than six people. Nova Hands. Hey, Lono, do you think Bungie would ever consider doing a world's first where, for the first 24 hours, the game scales to the player's power output, similar to public patrol area? I know it would irritate a lot of the grinders, but it would provide a truly level playing field. I mean, this is essentially like the guy's idea that was like, why not just have the raid launch a week early when everybody's 700, and then the raid would be, you know, 705, 710. It would would scale up from there. Um... That I think would is in a similar. It's a similar spirit, right? You, this is a similar spirit of of attitude to say, let's make it to where everybody's exactly the same. I just don't know if Bungie's going to do that. There's something that they like about people grinding, people doing their absolute best to get as high light level as possible, and then jumping in. They like that. They're 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 really channeling that this time around, right? I mean, they're basically saying you got six hours, Guardian, get to work, and then that's it, you know. So I think they clearly like that leveling aspect of it. Oldslek Prime uh, says uh, it might have been said, but I feel everyone went overboard reacting to the upcoming nerfs. People think everything will be useless now, but I feel that's not the case. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think everything will be useless. I do think people tend to... We all tend to overreact a little bit. But again, it's the perception, right? You give us power. You create these problems. And then you take them away. Um, and you got to consider the fact that... On the heels of D2 Vanilla being a situation where... Everyone was really annoyed with the lack of power a lot of their solutions of power and excitement and intrigue are kind of getting crapped on. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people are feeling that sense of frustration. It's like, well, you know, you guys added all this power and made things awesome. And instead of keeping things awesome, 
you're you're murdering the very things that are you know you used as like selling points you know or or used as like hype injectors I mean, think about what it does to somebody emotionally when they're like, man, Destiny just isn't the same anymore. I can't believe they did this. And then they bring back the Whisper Quest and they add exotics, right? They add exotics to be like, you know, here, here is, here's a bunch of power. And then that makes everybody's mood change. Oh, this is so much better. This is so much fun. And then they take those, they seemingly take that power away, right? It's all about perception. It's all about perception. So, is your latest tweet a troll tweet? Why would it be a troll tweet? Um, my tweet says, with raid prep guides already emerging for Crown of Sorrows, what does everyone think about the launch window being same day as the season with six hours to prepare? I don't, I, I'm just, I'm feeling out everybody's opinions. Um, I'm just curious what folks think. Because I'm genuinely curious what the community thinks now that everything's kind of settled down and people have plans about leveling and stuff. Th- th- those plans are emerging. Um, is the raid does launch the same day as season six? Yeah, my tweet says, "What does everyone think about the launch window being the same day as the season with six hours to prepare?" I don't understand your question. I'm asking what people think about it. They're, that's what they're doing, and I'm asking what the community's opinion about that launch window is. Um, I don't know how that would be a troll question. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm confused by your inquiry. Um, Kiru says, so is there anything good about the raid launching this early? No. Uh, Norman Pride, how would you streamline leveling to make it launching fair? I already answered this question with blues and purples dropping at level. Um, might be hard to answer but I never tried the raid blind how do people figure out the mechanics without ever playing the raid before well I mean we're familiar with just how Destiny you know how Bungie does stuff with their raids Um, we're just somewhat familiar with it Um, I, I, I I don't think it's that hard to figure out like oh stand here shoot this thing also, there's words on the screen, right? It'll say things like, such and such thing is charged, such and such thing has done this. And then when you wipe, the kill screen is like, the, the kill screen shows that so-and-so did this so many times, or so-and-so took down the shield this many times. And that just starts to clue you in, like, oh, we have to do that. We have to take down the shield. Oh, we have to charge that. Oh, we have to do this. Like, the kill screen, the, the, the wipe screen gives you clues. The, um the uh what's it called um the kill feed gives you clues because it tells you stuff that's going on typically people just kind of deduce it from there and they're watching streamers figure it out as well uh ghostface do you think the backlash of the nerf for exotics could have been countered if bungie had first released some content around opulence no i think they're doing this on purpose i called it ripping off the band-aid they basically had to rip off the band-aid they're like we got to get we got to get the bad news out and then we can then we can start pushing things and hyping stuff up like look we know people don't like to hear about nerfs here's a bunch of buffs look we know people don't like hearing about nerfs here's a here's a sweet video of some new things you'll be able to use instead you know that's what that's what i would think that they're they're going to do so, uh, Lone Road, what do you think is the cause for Bungie's continued tone deafness towards the community? I used to think that there was Activision overlords, but it's become increasingly obvious uh, that that cannot be the case. Um, sometimes, sometimes I think it's philosophy differences. 
I think they want to do certain things and we don't understand why. Like, personally, I think one of the reasons they're not messing with uh, enhancement cores is because they're, they have plans for them further down the line. I think they have plans for them further down the line. Whatever they're going to do in the next annual pass, they're just kind of like, look, people are going to get mad, people are going to complain, but this has to stay in place. We can't take it out only to put it back in again. That wouldn't work, right? They're choosing the lesser of two evils. If they were to move enhancement cores now or mess with leveling now, that poses a potential problem for future content where they want that stuff in there right it's like no this stuff needs to stay because if they took it out and they're like oh by the way annual pass 2.0 we're going to reinstitute you know enhancement cores and leveling and milestones and this and that and blah 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 well people be like what the frick you just got done taking those out does that make sense so that's what i think is going on so i don't think they're i don't think they're always just sort of like i don't think they're it, it perpetually like tone deaf like they don't care I just think sometimes they have interests and plans that we don't necessarily understand also internally they may be like you know what engagement numbers are fine we don't really have time to mess with that right now that that's that's a that's a part of the equation as well they could basically be saying we don't really have time to mess with that we, we don't have time to, to to retool leveling enhancement cores you know and because of that they're they're just kind of leaving it as is. Uh, and staff, uh, staffer, what are your thoughts on the differences between health regen? Carnstein armlets give uninterrupted health regen while taking damage, while Crimson or Striker melee stops as soon as you get hit. I don't have a strong opinion about that. Um, Amendez, do you think the annual pass model is better than the DLC expansion in terms of uh, keeping you busy? I have an entire video where I contrasted annual pass versus DLC. And I think people have terrible, I think people have terrible memories. You're a fanboy, you're an idiot. I'd rather be a fanboy than an idiot. Um, I, I think people have terrible memories because the DLC structure with Warmind and Curse was not good. We basically were done after a month and then we went, what, two entire months with nothing, okay? My argument in my video about annual pass versus the old DLC format, my argument was this. The structure of the annual pass is superior, right? It's superior to the old way. The depth of the content, the substance of the content is the biggest problem, right? So logistically speaking, the structure of the annual pass is more in harmony with player behavior. Players that play daily and weekly have to have something, okay? They have to have something to do over the course of the months that lead to the next content injection. So logistically speaking, the annual pass is more in harmony. The DLC structure is dissonant with our behavior, right? Like, it's 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 dissonant. It's like, I want to play every day, every week, you know, every month, and the DLC structure doesn't work because after a month, you're like, that's it. I have to wait two months now. Iron Banner and Faction Rally? Give me a freaking break. I gotta wait two months, three months with nothing. Even if you stretch out the DLC and you're a casual and it takes you two months to finish everything, that's still two months, a month and a half to two months of nothing where you're like, I got nothing, there's nothing coming in the game. There's nothing being added. So I, I, I just think the annual pass is superior logistically. I'm not gonna say that Drifter was good or Black Armory was great. I think Black Armory was fine. 
I think Drifter brought good perks and good ideas to the guns, but the content of Drifter was just too narrow. It was way too narrow. That was the main issue with Drifter. So content is the issue. I think people lose sight of the fact that, like, the content in Curse and Warmind was pretty narrow. It was like a campaign and a new activity with a handful of new weapons that mattered, right? And so it's like, are you really going to try and argue that was better? I just think people, their memory gets clouded because they're unhappy and they're like, well, clearly what we had back then was better because I don't like this where I'm not like where I am right now. And I just think that's a genuinely, generally that's, I feel like that's a mistake. Uh, Perfect Wolf. Regarding the leveling system, would you rather have them take out the power level and we just have a base level? In that way, in, in what ways could they improve? I've already talked about what I think they need to do with the leveling. I'm not going to revisit it. Uh, Brap Life. How big of jumps do you think we will need to see in powerful gear from 700 and up? I, I don't know. I mean, if they're fixing it so we don't get any plus ones, I think usually you're getting like a five to seven. I think that's fine. Um, Hollow says, in your opinion, what is missing from the D2 raids that the D1 raids did right? Uh, in terms of challenge through mechanics puzzle instead of delta scaling, what needs to improve? I, I, there was just a difference. There was a difference in the way the raids felt. I think some of it was because we always knew there was going to be a hard mode. So dying and rezzing was great and normal and it kind of let you keep your footing but I don't it's it's difficult to like quantify in in a word or in an idea like what did D1 do right like when I look at Wrath of the Machine as a raid it got a lot of things right internal currency good perks on the armor good intensity um learning the mechanics made you more you know better at the fight damage on the final boss a lot of it didn't come from your weapons but came from the cannons um so you know that doesn't that that leads to intelligence about navigating the cannons um instead of using them all you know on the sparing your shots and servitors and stuff um but i can't believe i missed that jump uh so it's it's hard because like there was so many things that wrath got right challenge mode as well uh the internal currency for opening the extra chests the internal currency for getting something for your time beyond the first three runs the internal currency giving you the option to re-roll gear um i've continued to say that the philosophy of normal to hard in king's fall was perfect because they designed hard first and then they scaled things down for normal so the transition from normal to hard in king's fall was perfect if you combine that with the internal currency um and the intensity of wrath i think you would have a perfect raid personally take the intensity and design decisions of wrath and you basically say okay you get an internal currency to grind beyond three good perks on the armor good guns but you have the difference between normal and hard being more similar to what they did with king's fall that to me would be the superior raid of all raids that's my thought on it uh crash man says Although I agree with you uh, that they are doing it wrong, I feel like they are trying to make it so the average committed player uh, can join in. For instance, people can't commit a week and a half to grinding, but six hours is doable for just about anyone. So the grindiest person isn't light years behind. Thoughts? Well, here's what you're here's what you're forgetting: the really really grindy people 
that are basically able to navigate the strategy and the spreadsheets and the saving of stuff, they're going to have a significant advantage. It's not a it's not a self-contained um, challenge. It's not a self-contained thing. It's not in a vacuum, right? And I think that's the biggest problem. People are are going to go into reset with advantages that a a grindy player. Here, here's what here's the problem, right? The grindy player that doesn't check Reddit, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, okay? But they love the game, and they love grinding. In their mind, reset's gonna happen. Bungie's given us the impression that you can't stockpile bounties by saying powerful bounties, you know, will be capped. So they're basically telling you, you can't save keys for the raid, you can't really carry anything over. So Bungie's kind of passively misleading the community into thinking everybody's gonna hit reset as equals and that's not true you're not going to be hitting the ground as equals at reset the person that spent the weeks leading up saving bounties finding loopholes in the system to give themselves big boosts and big jumps in that first hour because they save stuff they're going to be light year in, in many ways they'll be light years ahead of you so like they're giving you the impression that it's this even race and it's like everybody's starting at the same place no not true Unless they auto-complete every bounty, unless they unless they auto-complete everything, so no milestone can be influenced. Nothing can be nothing can be basically like set you know padded ahead of time. Unless they do that, no, it's not a level playing field at all. Not to mention their leveling system sucks. So even if they were to do that, even if they were to say level playing field, everybody starts exactly the same. Bounties are cleared, milestones are cleared. You can't go in pre-cocked at all right you can't go in pre-loaded with anything let's say they do that it still doesn't matter because you still have people that are going to get bad rng and fall behind and people that get good rng and blast ahead right so you still have an unfair fight you still have a a, a rigged race to a certain extent it's just I, i don't know it's it's one of those things where you you've got to consider you've got to consider the fact that they're glossing over and masking their bad leveling system with this blitz. They just they are. Uh, Solideo Gloria, do you think there should be raid matchmaking with some sort of team vote to kick option? Um, I don't know. Reckoning has kind of changed my my tune a little bit. I don't know if raid matchmaking could ever work. I, I don't know. In-game LFG would be better. You could stipulate power level requirements. You could stipulate, you know, mic requirements, where you want to start, uh, you know, things of that nature, experience in the raid, loadout requirements, things like that. Um, in-game LFG, I think, would be a better solution than than matchmaking. I just, I don't know. I feel like Reckoning proved that uh, you just, throwing people into, into end-game content like that. Now, you could fault some of that on Reckoning and be like, well, a ton of Reckoning is basically... A ton of Reckoning is built upon exotics and supers. And if somebody goes into matchmaking and isn't aware of that, or doesn't have the right exotic, or doesn't have the right super, then, you know, those people put you at a disadvantage. And then that becomes the that becomes the pain point. It's not like they're dumb and can't learn mechanics or they're a bad player. They might not have the right stuff. 
and LFG would be a better filter for that because you could be like, look, this final boss fight is a thousand times easier if everybody comes in with with Wardcliff or 1K voices or whatever the frick. And you stipulate that in LFG, that you're looking for people to bring in, you know, Wardcliff or whatever into the fight. In-game LFG would probably be a better a better route than than matchmaking. So, uh, Brap Life, do you think the new raid will have configuration at like zero hour? I have no idea. Probably not. Melodic, uh, mediocre Thor. Do you think marketing the new DLC season pass or whatever a week after releasing content update is a good idea? Shouldn't their message be stronger than more of the same now that they've defected from Activision? Well, I mean, you're. I don't know what they're gonna say. You're, you're, you're writing their script for them. We don't. I don't know. They're not gonna say more of the same. I wouldn't think. I wouldn't think they're going to say more of the same. They're going to say, again, I think the dialogue on the next annual pass is going to be, here's what we learned. Here's what we're doing different. And that sets a tone. I think that sets a tone. That's that, that creates this vibe of like, okay, we've, we're, we're making adjustments. So, um, and you have to consider something. It's just timing, right? The season rolling over right before E3. I mean, what are they supposed to do? They can't change the season structure and be like, well, we better we better not roll the season over then. Like, what, d- delay the season? Do it early? I mean, what are you going to do? What, there's only... You, you, gotta, you almost have to keep the schedule. You don't have much of a choice. And in this case, like I said, they're going to squeeze as much as they can out of the raid. They're going to be like, okay, let's squeeze it of its relevancy, of its hype, and then we'll go to E3 and be like, hey, you know, Guardians back home right now are diving fresh into raids in this new six-man activity, and they're diving headfirst in a season of opulence. Here's what we have in store for them once, you know, at the end of this year, once we get beyond season of opulence. Um, that's that's how I feel like they would marketing and marketing couch it. I'm skeptical about the raid changes, but I'm a firm believer that this highlights the problem with their leveling system. Do you think they're banking on the gunsmith changes to help casual players level up rather than adjusting the leveling issue and enhancement cores? I can possibly see them trying to get more people involved in the world's first race. Okay, first of all, the gunsmith bounties don't do anything to help you level. Uh, gunsmith bounties are just going to be a source of enhancement cores. Leveling is not slowed by the enhancement core situation. Leveling is not slowed by enhancement cores. You level up at the same at the same pace. You just can't infuse the stuff that you want to infuse, right? That's essentially the 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 truth. You even so if you have a uh, if you have a sidearm and a and an edge transit that are higher power level than your current gear, that has leveled you up. That the game sees you at that level. You you infusing or not infusing doesn't have any bearing on that. So enhancement cores enhancement cores are are not are not landing on the equation of your speed of leveling. So I don't think the gunsmith bounties are a solution to anything. Um, personally, I think the gunsmith bounties are just it's like smoke and mirrors, and it didn't work for them. It's like, well, we're not going to solve the problem, but we're going to act like we're offering a solution, but the solution's not a solution, it's a band-aid. Um, uh, Hamid says, what do you think Bungie should do after the nerf to make exotics feel exotic? They need to figure out their philosophy for exotics, personally. 
they got they got to figure it out. Like, what's it? What's the role of an exotic? Right? Is an exotic supposed to be in the game to be so strong that for a season or a time it's the go-to for hard activities, and then it gets nerfed? Is that their philosophy? I don't. I don't know if that's their philosophy. That doesn't feel sustainable to me. That feels flawed. That feels like you're going to exhaust and and de-incentivize the player base. You're going to demotivate the player base doing that. Okay? So, if that's not their philosophy, then what is their philosophy? Right? If that's not your philosophy, what is? What where are we going? What's what's the goal of an exotic? So I don't know if they want to do a TWAB or a vid doc or, or or something where they're like, hey, here's here's our goal for exotics. This is this is what we're gonna do going forward. We know this felt like you guys got the rug pulled out from under you. We know this kind of felt like a bit of a bait and switch, and we don't want to do that any longer. So exotics from this point forward are gonna are gonna land in this lane and if they land outside of this lane anticipate them getting nerfed um i I, you see what i'm saying because if if they basically are like you know we like seasons of dominance we like having exotics get outside the bell curve and then bashing them back inside the bell curve um i don't think they can come out and say that so if they don't come out and say that there just remains this like question hanging in the air of like okay what are you guys doing with exotics is Outbreak Prime going to get obliterated? Is the Recluse going to get obliterated? Because it's a pinnacle weapon, which is essentially like one step under an exotic. Like, what's your philosophy of of power in the game? Like, wh- how are you going to manage it, maintain it, and what what am I grinding for in Season of Opulence or beyond that is ultimately, does it have a shelf life? Does it have an expiration date on it? You know? And I don't know if they're going to be frank and speak to us about it. I don't know if they're going to say... You know, here's our philosophy. Here's what we think. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. So that 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 would be that would be, I think, a good move, but only if they can speak if they can speak clearly about it. Because with 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 the changes in the people leaving and, and and what I've been saying is 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 ultimately you know getting a unified vision for the game's future, right? If that's what's going on behind the scenes, if that's why people are leaving, if that's why things are getting kind of shaken up, then I would think that the the benefit to the player would be Bungie could come out and say, okay, listen, this has been the pattern for the last four or five years. This is what we're doing in order to rectify that and keep that from happening. If they can. Uh, call me Munson. Can I ask a question? Do yet to the forges in order? Oh, we already um, we already have answered this question. You do have to do the forges in order. Um, uh, let me see here. Friday Fortnite journey that I mm, hang on a second. Mm, they use oh, what is it? UMG events, right? I think it's UMG events for the Friday Fortnite stuff. Byhova says, shouldn't Bungie just auto-complete all bounties uh, and clear out any bounties uh, finish at the start of the new season? This would eliminate the hoarding. I honestly hope this is gonna this is gonna this is gonna blow some folks from some folks' hair back. Okay, I honestly hope that they're like, 
we know everybody's kind of plotting and doing this about, you know, bounties and saving and blah, 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 blah. I hope that the TWAB this week blows that out of the water. And it was like, that's not going to work. All bounties will auto-complete. All milestones will reset. You won't be able to carry. Nothing's going to nothing's gonna rotate over. Um, would be my hope. That would be my hope. That they kind of blow that strategy out of the water. So there's just, there's no advantages. There's just nothing going in to, to like, I don't know. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to do that. Okay? That's a lot of moving parts. That's a, that's a lot of moving parts. That's a lot of potential exploits. That's a lot of things they'd have to put in check. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know if, I don't, I don't even know if they're in a position to do it, honestly. Because there's so many systems, there's so many milestones, there's so many things they'd have to tweak and touch and, and fiddle with to pull that off that I think that would be really really challenging for them to do this short notice because ultimately they they I think a lot of I think a lot of their bandwidth has shifted <coughs> excuse me I think a lot of their bandwidth has shifted away um, live team support and everything else I don't think they're gonna be able to do it I don't think they're gonna be able to stop people they haven't thus far they've always had people to get around their their soft caps and their hurdles um so uh ghostface with a push to make us weaker at the six hour window is that indicative of the limitations of the new and fresh mechanics or are they bringing us back to vanilla d2 with an even playing field i have no idea i don't think it's gonna be balanced and boring though um So, I don't think it's going to be balanced and boring. I think it's going to be Delta. This is going to be similar to Last Wish, I think. At least that's what they're trying to do. Evil Clown, do you think Bungie, with the new nerfs, that this will happen in the season, it'll kill off PvP or PvE both? No, I don't think so. Um, Sweat says, do you have high hopes regardless of all this raid release? I hope the raid's good. Vicarious Visions has a good history. They have created good content. So, let's let's look past launch date. I think Opulence is going to be a great season. I really do. Because it has to be. It has to be. It's been in development longer. Vicarious Visions has done great work. For Everything they've touched has been really, really good. I'm actually very confident in Opulence's quality. I'm just ticked off about the launch window of the raid. Uh, ADJC, not sure if anyone asked this. Do you think Bungie is able to remove the token revive system from the raids so then it isn't needed to have a wipe every time? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do anything with that right now. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if they're going to, if they're going to do anything with the revive token system. I would anticipate them not doing anything with the revive token system. Do Titan needs a, need a buff? This is a question that once they settle some of the hunter exotics, once they settle some of that down, I don't think Titans will feel so weak. They're going to have to retool things like Reckoning, though. Right? Here, A Titan feels weak against the backdrop of Riggs, Phoenix Protocol, and Skull. Once those things are put in check, everybody's kind of on a, everybody's on a more level playing field. I mean, Skull is so insanely broken with Slow Nova that we've forgotten how strong Devour is. Devour is a ridiculously strong build. So, but no, but lots of people are running Slow Nova. Why? That just goes to show you how strong Skull is. Skull has made people lean away from Devour. Now, there's people that run Skull and Devour, but the pinnacle strong build is Slow Nova Skull. 
I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, to me, it's like that. <laughs> that's proof right there that the build is broken. And that again, if you're if you're pivoting away from a devour warlock build, that just goes to show you how how challenging it is to make, you know, to make the it, it the viability of of titans. Um, Sentinel Bottom Tree is still infinite super. Are you sure without revelry? I don't know. I haven't tried it. Uh, Area Rhombus. What is the best way to collect all the Titan armor needed to obtain the Wayfarer title? I don't know. I'm 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 not a I'm not a title expert. I would think you go and buy them from the buy them from the NPC. Uh, Sunny for leveling to 700 from 690. Better off hitting milestones or grinding out Prime Ingrams. Probably six of one, half a dozen of the other. Primes drop with bigger jumps, I think, but everything else it just gets slowed down at 90. It's supposed to slow down at 90. Ghostface, do you think this six-hour window caters to the one percent of gamers who trivialize the content, regardless, which in turn leads to nerves? I don't know if we can say the one percenters trivialize the content. I mean, I, putting Skull and Whisper in the game, one percenters aren't using that to trivialize the content. That that stuff is just out of the box, insanely strong. So I I, I think there's a bit of some misplaced blame in this question. I appealing to the one percenters that's what a raid race does right that's what a raid race does running a race and trying to be world's first is not the 90 it's not the masses that's the one percent it's been that way (laughs) it's been that way since the idea of a world's first race came into being so sweat what do you think about certain uh raid groups um, I hate how Bungie cannot see how they don't respect our playtime. They cater to certain raid groups. I mean, the what do you think about certain? What do you think they certain cater to certain raid groups? I don't know what you mean by catering to certain raid groups. I mean they cater to the people that can grind like crazy, but I don't. I don't necessarily think they're catering to specific uh, raid groups. It's just they're catering to the 1%. I mean, that's just what a raid race is. The six-hour window is just more for them and more for the hype than the community. Uh, Schnozberries. In regards to the Sony-Microsoft Cloud merger, uh, what do you think about the future of Destiny and PC? Everyone joining? I, like, I, I've speculated that that's in the future cards anyway. That's a potential future in the cards to see that there could be cross-save, cross cross-platform. I just think Sony's going to continue to, to play ball because the, the, the landscape's going to start to shift under their feet if they don't. It already kind of is. Uh, Sweat says, do you think the next price point of the annual pass will be staying the same? I think it'll be 40 instead because I think they're going to kind of argue that the DLCs are beefier, you know. So, Evil says, do you think this will be like Last Wish with mechanics or Scourge? Do you, I have no idea. Going back to the Leviathan, I think it'll be a mixture of mechanics and intensity. Probably maybe heavier on the mechanics. CP4 Gators, after five years of using our passion against us, how is it so easy for Bungie to make it seem... Um, uh, for Bungie to seem like they are doing us a favor when they aren't? Aren't they... Uh, and we keep falling for it. I mean, I think some of this is... Um, I, I don't know. I think some of it is the fact that we just love the game. And I know you're saying they use their passion against us. I don't think it's sinister. I don't think it's sinister. I just think it's part of when you like a game, you accept it warts and all. Um, so, just enough. After hearing some of the criticism of Reckoning, is it mainly the bridge section that you think is bad or the entire thing? 
Okay, there's multiple levels that make Reckoning bad content. At a ground level, it's bad because the rhythm of combat and the and the enemy saturation is built for narrow solution. Very narrow solution, okay? Uh, which is essentially Riggs, Phoenix Protocol, and Skull. It's built, the, 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 it's the rhythm, okay? So the rhythm is problematic because it's been catered to and, 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 and built for those exotics. They all but admitted that in the, in the recent nerfs and the, and the admittance that they can't make challenging content, you know, unless they cater it to this, this, these exact exotics. Now, outside of rhythm, okay, the overabundance reach and, and, and amount of knockback in the game is just awful. Uh, it needs they need to come up with something different they need to stop it needs to slow down there needs to be maybe a debuff or a slowdown on when they do it because sometimes you get knocked out by an enemy that hasn't even spawned in yet um, that's dumb margin uh, uh, the window for error is incredibly small five to six seconds maybe which is overly punishing um, and I don't think necessary given okay given the bad drop rates given the poor reward structure so there's multiple threads that go into sort of weaving the the criticism of Reckoning being bad. Um, all those threads come together and just compound each other. It just isn't good content. Um, it's the worst PVE content I think that they've ever that they've ever built personally. Um, wor- it, it, it is the worst PVE content that they've ever built. It just at every level it just I feel like it just betrays. Um, it just betrays player investment. It betrays player freedom. It, bet- it, 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 it betrays a lot. I just feel like it betrays a lot. Um, it doesn't, it just, just doesn't feel rewarding enough. It doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like it's tooled very well. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot wrong with it and it's unfortunate because the environment looks cool. The premise is great. Uh, the premise of having a really intense environment, um, that you know culminates in a boss fight I, I have no problem like the the premise in the environment there's so much about it that I'm fine with I'm totally fine with but then in execution it's just like nope this just isn't landing this isn't good uh Ent Ent Safter do you think Dragonfly should have different damage values between Assault Rifle Linear I don't really have an opinion on this uh, total sellout. <laughs> Do you think the raids and raid-like experiences like dungeons and layers should be guaranteed piece of content each season to provide better endgame content with Reckoning to hardcore PvE players, even if it's something like Scourge of the Past? Um, guaranteed piece of content in each season. Well, I mean, you you gotta be careful what you wish for here. If you ask for too much, you're gonna get low quality, Right? If you're like, yo, every season we need a Outbreak Prime perfected event. Every season we need a Shattered Throne. Um, every season we need a raid. Well, that yeah, that's great. But is is it is that is that reasonable? You know. And if they give you what you want, is it going to be very good? Um, are we going to get a bunch of Crotas? Crotas, Crota, the Crota raid. You know, aged like wine. We liked it with with more time that passed, um, but uh, it it initially just wasn't very well received after Vog. So I think they've proven. Um, I I think they've proven 
that they need a little bit more time to develop that kind of really good endgame content. So I, I think it's a little unreasonable to ask for it at quicker intervals than we're getting it. Because um, if you look at Shattered Throne, Niobe Labs was a fumble, but in, in, in its spirit and in its design, Niobe Labs was actually, I think, really creative content. So you got Shattered Throne, Niobe Labs, Outbreak Perfected. I think they're delivering a pretty good rhythm of dope, unique endgame kind of content like that. I think it's, I don't know, I think it's, I think it's been good. I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask for more at the worry that you're going to start to dilute value and, and quality. Happy Fat Kid. So do you think going back to where it wasn't one-to-one infusion, like going back to the King's Fall days, well, I don't, do you think we're going back to that? I, I, for, for, I certainly hope not. The leveling's already bad. That you talk about kicking dirt in somebody's face who's already falling on the ground, that would be horrible. I, I don't think we want to go back to that at all. More cat. Do you think the six hour window allows for true even competition or should Worlds First have a longer window? I think the biggest there's two threads of problems with the launch window. Number one is the save over strategy that people are coming up with. And number two, RNG on milestones you still are going to have people going in it with advantages and disadvantages according to things that, that are outside of their control. So. Uh, I thought it was free. Why not have the raid at the end of the season, like a Super Bowl? Well, again, you have to understand something. I'm not trying to be, like, overly critical. I'm just trying to be, like, I'm just trying to call a spade a spade, okay? I'm trying to be honest. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep things on just, let's have our eyes open here, okay? Let's just have our eyes open. The raids are not Super Bowls. The raids are not for the community at large. The raids are designed, especially launch date in mind, for the 1%, and they leverage the 1% as a marketing mechanic. That's essentially what's going on. Is there anything wrong with that? I would say no, because it's a smart business decision to say Twitch and viewership for day one or, or week one or, you know, or, or week two raid races and world's first races. There is something special about it. There is something electric that the community just rallies around and wants to be a part of it. And as a business, they have built and kind of earned that value point, right? Bungie has built raids like Vaults of Glass. Crota, King's Fall, and then Wrath, and then Leviathan. They've built all these raids and had all these moments with the community that has gone up, right? So they've kind of earned it. They've earned the right to say, we're going to use this raid as a marketing mechanic. I, you know, do I like it? No. <laughs> no, I don't like it. Um, I don't like that. Um, I don't like that houses are, are, are expensive, but you know, <laughs> that's part of a business structure that I don't have any control over. And if I want to get a house, then that's part of it. Um, you know, that, that, that I, I don't have any control over it. Like I, I can't, I can't dictate the housing market. I can't dictate, you know, what, what people decide if, if you've built the value, if they built that value as a business, then you, that's their right. They've earned that right to leverage it. But I can still criticize it and say it's not good for the community at large. (laughs) I can still say I wish they would do it a different way. Um, So, I don't know. Uh, How can you say that about raids but then the complete opposite about trials? I've never said anything opposite of what I'm saying about trials. I've, I've never said that 
trials as a marketing mechanic that they built they built the the hype around it i mean i've I've never even commentated about trials in the way that i just commentated about raids thrally uh what would need to happen uh to bungie to allow us more than one drop per encounter per week there's no motivation to run multiple times i love the suggestion that people have made that your first three runs everything can drop powerful after that drop rate goes down a little bit and they're no longer powerful i think that's a great solution a great suggestion Shadow, should Bungie go down the mechanical route in all of Destiny instead of focusing on DPS? No. It's a power fantasy game. So you can't you can't you can't tip the scales too heavily in one direction because that hurts I w- I think that would hurt the identity of the engagements and stuff. It's your boy. Do you think Bungie will ever bring back D1 vendor equipment, arms day, vendor weapons and stuff like that? I mean, I don't know. I would love to see them bring some of that stuff back. I would love to see Faction Rally return in a better way. Uh, I would love to see a lot of things come back. Vision Empire. What could Bungie do to stop pushing people away from the game? I've been playing since D1, but I just don't have time anymore. The biggest, I think, hurdle for people coming back and enjoying the content in a rhythmic fashion, I think, is their leveling and enhancement cores. Like, I think that's a... People are like, why do you always beat on that drum? And I'm like, I'm telling you, this touches everything. This is far bigger than I think everybody realizes. And engagement numbers for Season of Opulence are probably going to be an indication of that. Now, Bungie may be thinking to themselves... With surge bounties, with surge bounties, and if they deliver really, really good quality, then people will probably eat around the fat of the bad leveling and the enhancement cores. Maybe that's their mindset: is just wait. We're going to deliver enough value, and we're going to let people jumpstart enough with surge bounties. We'll be okay. People will engage with opulence, right? That may be their attitude. SoCal Dems. Uh, other than trash PVE, what are your thoughts? on sidearm use in the game. I mean, sidearms and SMGs were built for PvP. Oh, with the recluse. Okay, how long did it take the recluse to show up? Okay. Sidearms and SMGs have been built for PvP. I personally don't think they should have ever been put into the game. I think they should have go for more future-style weapons. Um, This is a game where we've killed gods, and we have, you know, amazing... Speaking of the recluse, um, you know, we have amazing powers and amazing abilities... And we we have weapons in the weapon pool that just are completely dissonant with respect to power fantasy god slaying. Sidearms and SMGs are just like, what, are we playing Call of Duty? Like, what the frick? You know, what's going on here? The weapon system in general doesn't feel like a sci-fi fantasy shooter some of the time, if you're honest and you really think about it and you really go for criticism. It's, you know, hand cannons and shotguns and sidearms and SMGs. It's like, where, where is the power fantasy? That's why I think that's why things like Outbreak Prime and Sleeper and Whisper, when those things get nerfed, I think that's just, it's understandable why people get so frustrated because they're like, these are things that actually demonstrate and establish a power fantasy sci-fi feel, you know? Hand cannons and shotguns and sidearms and SMGs are just like, bleh, like, okay, cool. It's a shooter. Those bring the shooter feel. But I just, I don't, the sidearms should have never been added to the game, ever. I don't think. They don't add anything to PvE. Blade. Uh, do you think that Bungie needs to revisit the heavy ammo economy? The biggest reason Whisper was using encounters is because they need heavy ammo. Um, yeah. 
that's I don't think I don't know if that's the biggest reason, but that's one big that's one big reason for people to use whispers because power the ammo economy in general uh, is just weird in the game, um, and you have perks that okay. Here's the thing that I think they're probably not sure on how to proceed. You have entire weapon armor, I'm sorry, armor loadouts now and armor grinds that you know people have gone through. And in that, uh, you have people that have basically created loadouts centered around perks that they could potentially invalidate. Because if they make ammo economy better or more consistent, then suddenly you're going to be like, I don't need special ammo finder. I don't need heavy ammo finder. Now, if they make the ammo economy more consistent and they actually make those perks more noticeable and more influential, then you run the risk of the wrath of the machine effect where it's a Jolly Rancher factory and there's purple ammo all over the ground and as strong as some of the, the, the powerful ammo, the powerful weapons are, that can trivialize the content. I thought they're kind of stuck on ammo economy, to be honest, because if you suddenly decide to say ammo economy is way more consistent, well, now all my armor sucks because I was using, I've got all this armor with special and heavy ammo finder. If they fix the ammo economy, make it more consistent, and they make those perks far more influential, then you run the risk of trivializing content because you're just getting such a steady and heavy flow of power ammo, it can kind of break the game. So, uh, JD Gamer. If this raid is as difficult as Scourge of the past was, do you think people only getting six hours and don't have raids, do you think this will make it really harder to take as long as something like the Last Wish raid? No, I don't think it'll take that long at all. Um, uh, I, I, I honestly feel like people are going to get close to the opening Delta, and it'll probably take three to five hours. It's not going to be a very long raid, I don't think. Ashen Annihilator. This is going to be... This is going into the mind of Destiny. Why do we put up with the bad leveling, the path that was taken year one, the enhancement core issues? I just find it interesting that games like Anthem and Division have had communities leave for less, but Destiny, despite all of its problems, maintains a strong, addictive player base. Bungie just pulled off something special. They pulled off something special. There's just something that that Destiny delivers and gives you that a lot of other games just don't. And I think that that is... Uh, that's playing a role. That's playing. That's playing a part uh, in people just not being able to quit. So, uh, fatality. Not sure if this was asked yet, but with the whisper getting nerfed, do you think one of the new pinnacle weapons coming could be a sniper? Uh, possible. Um, possible. I don't know. I mean, Darcy probably will be showing up more often. I don't. I don't honestly know. I, it's. I'm curious what they're gonna do, if anything, about Darcy. Food man. Do you think Bungie will ever reuse the weapon and armor models for the blue rare gear as skins for archetypes? Yeah, probably. Um, I would also think that they could bring back all the year one legendary pieces since none of those things had uh, random rolls or mod slots. Um, so... PJ Northy, we are 99% sure Dark Drinkers coming back, data mind. Should they suspend all new and old exotics being submitted until their philosophy has been established? It depends. Dark Drinker could be the introduction of saying, um, it could, the, the, they could basically say Dark Drinker and, um, Outbreak Perfected are like our new path forward for exotics. 
and maybe they have Dark Drinker tooled in such a way, and Hawkmoon, you know, tooled in such a way that when they land in Season of Opulence, they're like, this is kind of what we feel exotics are going to be showing up as in the future. I, you know, again, I don't know. There's so many exotics that are just kind of left behind in general because of you know, because of how many of them are just basic primaries um, that just nobody uses. Lempo. What's your POV on Raid being released same day as DLC? As a guy from Europe, I'm going to miss it. I mean, my entire talk was about why it's a mistake, and it's not for the community, it's for them. So, I feel for you. I'm not happy for the guys across the pond. I think it's bull. Uh, Ice Bull. Uh, I think someone mentioned this, but do you think Bungie will hold off on light level increase until after the raid completion, making the raid once more fair across the board? Uh... No, because then they wouldn't give you six hours. They wouldn't give you six hours. Personally, okay, personally, what they should have done is they should have said it's launching at 2 p.m. Eastern. You have one hour in the event of connections, downloading updates, etc., whatever the frick, okay? Update hits at one, and and power level is going to be capped until the, the following day. Or power level is going to be capped until we're going to push out an update you know on Wednesday or whatever and the only activities that are going to drop items higher than 700 will be the raid so it drops literally basically at reset and everybody goes in at 700 and it's an even Steven race again they'd have to probably adjust the power level of the raid after that day because then it wouldn't feel end game because everybody would be above the delta by the end of that day so Frank the Barriest, do you think the guns have too many perk options uh, making RNG overwhelming? No. Perk options are not even close to being overwhelming. Sweat, has there been any actual info about the vid drop, vid doc drop today? No, that's been my theory. I think I kind of maybe started that rumor that I envisioned them doing one today because today's the culmination of the catalyst on the outbreak perfected and as that plane lands, they want to get in front of the negativity and the, and the nerfs is hanging in the air, so they're going to put out a vid doc. That, that's been, that's just been a prediction that I made. I, I'm probably not alone in this prediction. I, it's not, I don't think it's that difficult to think that they would try to do something today because everyone's attention is going to be on today. Why? New puzzle for the third and final week of the catalyst of the outbreak perfected so there's there's a lot of eyes on Bungie and destiny today and reddit now's a good time to, sh- to throw out a video to start to change the narrative and, and get some more positivity going out there more cat should opulence pinnacles be available before or after day one i don't understand this question after day one i Sniper of the Sea. Do you think it would be interesting to use the sniper rifle as a pinnacle to possibly want people to use more skill to get a weapon instead of just grinding a bunch? I I don't know. I, pinnacle grind and pinnacle quests don't really interest me. I think that they should be putting pinnacles in the game as curated loadouts and the curated loadouts should be in the pool of potential rolls on a gun that you just grind for, probably by way of a bounty system like Ada. Uh, the 420 dog. Do you think if we had small arms and specialists back that it would make other weapons relevant and use more often? I think there could be some perks that could come into the game to make it you switch your loadout a little bit, but you're also assuming people care about strikes. There's no reason to run strikes once you're max level. A lot of the content becomes irrelevant once you're max level because everything is kind of tied to a milestone system, so there needs to be a reason to grind strikes, and then I would get behind what you're saying. 
add perks, I'm sorry, add modifiers that make you change your loadout, that make you think differently about what you're going into the strike playlist with. But again, what's my reason for grinding strike playlist beyond milestones for a couple of weeks? Vision Empire. If Bungie locks the new six-man activity until the raid has been beaten, what else is there for the rest of the community to do? I don't know. We, we've discussed this. We're thinking they've got to have something. What will it be? We don't know. The Pat Puck. So I've just been asking, do you think exotic armor nerfs might hint towards the return of the bad juju? Um, I, I don't know why they would hint at the bad juju coming back. Maybe. Because of super generation. Maybe. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm tracking with your thought process. It's possible for them to be like, hey, bad juju gives super energy. It's going to be too compounded by these other exotics, so we need to tone these down. That's possible. Uh, Gandalf, while the raid launch is inconvenient for Europe, it's better for Asia and Australia. How can we say that the start time is ever bad? Isn't it uh, always bad for somebody? Well, okay, but this isn't the first rodeo raids have been for four to five years hitting this launch window so asia and australia have kind of just been like if they want to play that's the launch window to suddenly yank the rug and be like this is the time frame so europe gets screwed oh but now it's better for asia and australia it's just kind of like i i don't know if that really sways me in the argument um JD says it's literally 7 a.m. in Asia when the raid launches. Well, but JD, if they want to prepare, they'd have to start at 1 a.m. in the morning, which basically means their prep window is all freaking night. Um, So I can see the launch time isn't the issue. It's the fact that reset happens at 1 in the morning for them, and then six hours later is 7. So, like, their prep prep window kind of sucks. Um... But if you dial it back to the six hours, right, then the raid would launch at one for them, which is more reasonable for Asia, right? If it launches at Friday, one in the morning for them, they have the whole day to grind and get ready, and then they just pull an all-nighter. Like, you know what I'm saying? Are we going to try and say that culture is not accustomed to all-nighters for gaming? There's a whole culture over there with the with, with the, the, the PC... Um, uh, what are they called? Uh, PC coffee shops, and you know, th- that's a whole culture of gaming over there. That I, I don't, I don't think that they're going to be like, oh, I, I, one a.m. Because if they can grind all day and get prepared, I, I don't know. I feel like that's fine. And again, it's been like that for four or five years, so it's kind of like, it, it's, it's, it's. I don't think it's a huge. It, it, it's not a huge flaw. Uh, Lone Walker, do you think Bungie should have remastered a version of the D1 raids? I'd love that, but apparently it's really hard to bring D1 content into D2. Level 1 XP. By the way, if you guys are new and you've enjoyed my content, if you've enjoyed this back and forth today, this it's like an interactive radio show, be sure to click follow on my Twitch channel. That's a little heart button. Clicking the little heart button is a free way to support me. That way you're back here. I did a review of Avengers Endgame yesterday. We had a Q&A about Avengers Endgame. I've done discussions about Borderlands, Q&A sessions about Borderlands. So if you like these kind of back and forth and you like these kind of games, make sure you're following my channel. Level 1 XP says, do you think they should end the storyline that displayed at the end of the D2 credits? this fall so Bungie can rebrand Destiny to just Destiny for the next generation they can rebrand the Destiny to just Destiny even if they continue the storyline in Destiny 3 with the triangle ships Alan Walker should they go back to upgrading gear like before it's boring to get gear being fully unlocked I just I uh, I don't know how I feel about this I get where you're coming from 
but it's always a bit of a bummer to get a gun and you're like oh let me try out this gun hang on a minute if I want to try out this perk combination I gotta spend a bunch of time grinding and then when you try it out you don't like it and hardcore players end up with an abundance of currency anyway so hardcore players don't get any benefit from this they override the currency pain point and they just can they can activate the perks moment one it just basically makes it terrible for everybody else right like you're trying to bring a hardcore thing that's kind of more hardcore right leveling up the gear okay if you can bypass that as a hardcore player that's what you you're trying to create something for the hardcore player that they don't really even enjoy they just override it they they jump right over it now if you're like oh but they could do it differently lono you'd have to use the weapon right use the weapon to level it up again i just i don't know if that's a value point i don't know if that does something like use this gun with this perk combination for however many hours and then see if you like it once you unlock all the perks it's just kind of like i don't know it feels it feels like it's a little ham-fisted tin man do you think they should expand the nightfall card to other activities including raids no no I don't like the Nightfall card outside of the Nightfall. Like, being able to basically modify other encounters to your liking, and maybe even, you could even say, modifying other encounters to make them easier, I don't want that coming to other activities. I don't think that would be a good move. So, that's the last question. I'm going to keep streaming, and in a half an hour it's reset, so we're going to do the final the final run through the final puzzle and get the catalyst if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live probably live right now twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content I appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe